0: Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to Engage for Success, radio show number 388, building resiliency to refuel, recharge and reclaim what matters. Today we're going to be talking about how to move from burnout to breakthrough. I'm Joe Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage for Success core team. The Engage for Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice, inspiring people and workplaces to thrive. And we're widely supported across the UK involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to engageforsuccess.org, you can use the link at the bottom of the page to join our newsletter list. And all our social media links are there too. My guest today is Eileen McDowell, who's author of Burnout to Breakthrough, Building Resiliency to Refuel, Recharge and Reclaim What Matters. So welcome, Eileen. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Glad we could make it. Yeah. yeah, we had a few technical issues, didn't we? So uh, we're recording this slightly differently to, to normal, but uh, the, the listener won't be able to tell apart from the fact that we've just revealed. See, isn't that but isn't
2: that what resiliency is all about? Yes. I mean, um, in some ways, it's a perfect way to start the segment. Yes. Because <laughs> life has dramatically changed on it. Stuff that you thought you could count on, you can't count on anymore.
1: No, no, that's absolutely true. So start by telling us
2: a bit about who you are and what you do
1: and, and where the book came from.
2: Uh, Well, I've had my own consulting practice for, oh my goodness, uh, about 38 years, which is incredible because I'm only 22. So how that happened, I have no (laughs) earthly idea. And I have always worked with organizations and individuals in how do you create, and I love your word, engage, how do we create conversations that matter and connections that count so that we do good work in the world? Mm -hmm. And that is all about engagement. Mm-hmm. And I have been fascinated, my field is communication, but I've been studying the area of resiliency, oh my goodness, actually, actually since 9-11 here in the States. Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out how do you respond to what at that point in time for us had been the, you know, the largest, you know, the, the largest national uh, incident.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: um, over time, I I just realized that resiliency is a life skill. It's not, it's not, not determined by a crisis but it is a life skill however in the last i would say in the last five six years burnout has become really uh, a topic area and so when i was asked to speak about resilience it was in the context of we're burning out we're frying out and that's where i decided okay now i need to write that book this is my eighth book so i decided i needed to do that um and it was right after the World Health Organization declared it to be a global pandemic. And indeed, it is. I've used the word pandemic. They didn't call it a pandemic. But now that we have this pandemic, it's even bigger than ever.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? The whole, um, as you say, the, the whole discussion around sort of burnout and, and stress and mental health and everything else was getting stronger and stronger in recent years. And then, you know, literally this crisis hit a year ago. So we're recording Mm -hmm. this in uh, just the end of March 2021. So we're literally just sort of past the year's anniversary, if you like, of of when it all sort of kicked off in terms of lockdown in the UK. Um, And people have been through so much, haven't they, Um, in all sorts of different ways. And it's interesting when you talked about 9-11 being the sort of beginning of your resilience uh, work and a friend of mine wrote a book about virtual working after 9-11 because she couldn't go to America to do the training she was supposed to do and she's now become one of the world-leading experts on um, sort of hybrid working and she's obviously been talking a lot during the last year uh, about that um, but you know we talked about you know working from home and 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 the way that things have been different over the last year as not normal obviously um but you know people have been trying to work from home trying to work in different ways during a crisis so not doing what they'd normally be doing if they decided to work from home but actually having to do that alongside everything else like homeschooling and all that sort of thing as well so where people perhaps might have been you know, struggling already, we've thrown you know, everything, or well, the world has thrown everything at, at, at people. And so, you know, mental health is something that's really been discussed a lot this year, well being, um, you know, all that sort of thing. So I suppose that our, our version of burnout now is, is different to how we were talking about it even a year ago, because there's all sorts of other things that have fed into it this year. So talk a bit about how this last year has affected people from your perspective.
2: Well, what's interesting is today in the Los Angeles Times, um, actually in the very first section, uh, the business section, which I will show to you and your listeners will just have to believe that you're seeing it, it Mm -hmm. says virus phrase worker mental health. Employers can no longer afford to tune out their employees' emotional needs. Mm -hmm. That's huge. That's huge. In the larger organizations, sometimes they just, you know, it's business as usual. And if, but now that you're at home and you're not having to do a commute, why, of course, you can do more and more. This is never, this is not going to work. We really have to rethink the way it's not only how we work, but how we engage with each other. Which is, which is the word that you're talking about. When, when we're doing these Zoom calls, you're in my office right now, Joe. Mm-hmm. I've invited you into my house.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And even if I have a baby on my lap, the relationship is going to be different. And employers need to acknowledge that you cannot separate work And home, which is something my very first book in 1984 was called Work for a Living and Still Be Free to Live. It is this integration. So what we have here is I think we have an opportunity to say, how do we rethink the relationship with each other in relationship with work and home? Because it's like the DNA molecule. It crosses. It crosses. One minute you can be doing this and the next minute, oh, my God, the kid just threw up on your lap. You know, <laughs> so so the acknowledgement from managers to say let's be really candid. I mean, there are some organizations, and I I meant to be able to mark this before we got on the on the phone. This is the chief executive officer of Citigroup. Um, they're banning internal video calls on Fridays. Mm-hmm. They are promoting regular work hours and encouraging vacations at Goldman Sachs, which is. You know, in the investment world, has been having a, a lot of trouble because their yes. younger people are way working. Back. that's one of my case studies in the book yes. of this young man who died.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: they are um, they are guaranteeing. This is interesting. They're guaranteeing Saturdays off. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that thought. Really, you're going to make them work on Saturdays. So, <laughs> so some of this stuff makes you actually realize what kind of what kind of organization is that. Uh, but it is. It is so fascinating to me that now we really are having corporate attitudes have got to change. Yes. Yeah. They've got to look at the whole person. The other thing, and I'll say this too, which might be an interesting um, interview for your Joe. His name is Cal Newport. Yes. He's a professor of, psychology of um, computer science in Georgetown. Mm-hmm. His newest book is called A World Without Email. hmm And when I was doing some research before actually reading Cal's book, in this pandemic, the number of emails that have been increased is almost 400 million emails.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And so what happens is because that's the way we've always worked and we think it's just throw this stuff out. We are not as productive. It takes us two to three times longer to get back on course. We really need to even rethink how is it we do this work and and all of these silly meetings that guess what? We don't need to have them mm-hmm. or all I really need is four people.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
2: when we get to a certain part of four, then how do we bring in the rest of the team? Yeah. So we have, we have an opportunity, but I, you know, if you don't respond to this, you're going to lose people.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I have a bit of a question which relates to, for me, the whole sort of resiliency piece, which is when I hear things like, no video calls on a Friday, or in, in the past, it was no emails on a Friday yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It always makes me think that it's a bit um, sort of sticking plaster. It's sort of saying, well, we're going to make a rule that therefore makes it clear for managers to, you know, follow and whatever, whatever. Whereas I think it should be that we're teaching people how to work in a different way or teaching people how to be more resilient, you know, perhaps. Um to to sort of be able to manage these things themselves. You know, we've all got to take some responsibility for stuff. And just being, you know, telling your organization well, you can't have these meetings. So I sort of think, well, on a Friday, I might want to speak to you because you might be the person who can help me with a problem I've got. Yeah. And the only way you can help me is to get together and have a conversation with me. So why would I not have a, a meeting with you? But I don't want to have a meeting with you on Tuesday, for example. <laughs> so right. is it not about educating people to work in a different way rather than coming up with rules that sort of well you know
0: and
2: like everything we go from the one extreme to the other extreme and so what it takes to come back to the middle which we seem to have a hard time doing Mm -hmm. is incredibly conversation Mm -hmm. candid conversation which means that it's going to take courage on the part of the worker Mm -hmm. the employee to say this is what would work for me. These are the things that, and I call it gross. We get rid of stupid stuff. These are some of the stupid things that we're doing. And it's the it's the employee who will who will say this is a stupid thing because I'll guarantee you, people at the tip top have no idea some of the stupid stuff we're asking people to do.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna take it's gonna take courage on everybody's part. So it's not just sitting over here, okay, with some management decree about, you know, no you know what is it that I said? No, uh, no video calls, no Zoom calls on Friday. Well, that's fine, but we we didn't have the conversation. We didn't talk about how do we really rethink the way in which we do and what is it? What is it of the effort that I expend to you, manager, that is a value? Mm-hmm. I might be doing a lot of crap, but the truth of the matter is, it's not valuable. At the end of the day, it doesn't move the needle at all. Mm-hmm. And then I also as a human being have to say what is it that i am taking on how is it that i manage my day how is it that i create time there are three things that i think that we need to do regardless of whether it was a pandemic or not one is our own mental well-being to take that time to walk away from this desk and to walk outside if you can and just breathe in the air i mean certainly physical exercise is incredible sleep Oh my goodness! What a novel approach! You know, since this since this pandemic, one of my goals has been to get seven and a half hours sleep. Yeah, and I actually have done that.
0: Mm-hmm. It's amazing
2: how much stronger you are. And my other goal, which I th- think I sent to you way early in the morning because I'm in California and you're in the UK, yeah. was that I, I just come back from running. I run every day. Nobody's up yet. And I can moon. The moon is still up. The sun is starting to come up, and my head, and my body, and my heart are in the same place when mm-hmm. I come back in the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there are things that we individually have a responsibility. Don't just sit back there and say you manage or fix it. So you're so right. You're absolutely right, Joe. It's not an either or. It's a both end.
1: Mm-hmm. So talk a bit about your perspective on resilience and what it is and how how people develop it how we can encourage that sort of development
2: okay so first and foremost i disagree with the dictionary definition Mm -hmm. the dictionary definition if i would ask anybody about it their their initial simplistic example would be it means to bounce back Mm -hmm. all right that's great if you're a piece of steel you can bend it and it comes back or you're a tree and you bend back
0: yeah
2: um that's not true for human beings There is no such thing as going back. I I really resent when people use the term new normal. It's not going to be a normal. You can't step in the same river twice. Today, I am different than I was yesterday. There are things that I, if I'm smart, I will have learned. Some things I might want to stop doing. So resiliency is really saying, how is it that I can grow through challenge or opportunity? Mm -hmm. And end up wiser, better on the other side, because at the end of the day, resiliency to me, Joe, is all about energy management. Do I have the mental, emotional, physical energy, the hardiness to keep moving through my life? Mm. And so it becomes a life skill, not a crisis skill, a life skill. And let's say we were offered a great opportunity that's going to require, oh my goodness, Joe, they want you to do 700 of these in the next 365 days. And it's a great opportunity for you. You have to decide, do I want to do that? And do I have the energy? What will allow me to be able to respond to that opportunity that's given to me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it really means living life deliberately reflectively as well as responsibly, mm-hmm. which makes it very different than the classic thing about just grit your teeth and get through it.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. It's
2: not, it's, it, there's a lot more to that.
1: It's really interesting because the whole sort of concept of energy from a corporate perspective um, sounds a bit, we woo is not the word, but, you know, a bit sort of not what corporates would generally be
2: thinking about. And yeah, All right, but let, let me define it. Joe, so I'm going to interrupt you because there is a way to define it. Yeah. All right. Energy comes from connections. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. think about you have a power grid. You got the power that goes across the line. And if, if the grid is good, the lights go on in the house.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Bad connection, no lights. Yep. 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 When we're in organizations and we're as human beings, we create connections.
0: Mm-hmm. We
2: call it conversation. We call it emotional connections. We might have physical connections. So what an organization wants to do is to say, how how are we connecting with each other? How are we connecting with our customers and our clients? Is it giving energy or is it depleting energy? Mm-hmm. That's very much a corporate thing. Mm-hmm. It's not flow, fl- floating in the air stuff.
1: Yeah, totally. I, and I, I just think that organizations don't see it in those terms, even though it is as it You know, as you say, and what I was going to say is as a specialist in productivity, you know, for me, time management, productivity, again, is not about time management, productivity, it's about energy and managing your energy and doing the right things at the right time, depending on your energy. So there's so much of what we do, personally, and in our work that is based on our levels of energy that is it's interesting that organizations haven't got there sooner in terms of their support of that.
0: Well, if
2: you think about it, the classic definition of energy is the capacity to do work. Mm -hmm. That's what we all learned in science classes, the capacity to do work. And I like to take Einstein's theory of relativity, Mm -hmm. E equals MC squared. Mm -hmm. And let me put it in human terms. Energy equals meaningful connection to the power of two. Mm -hmm. So what is the meaningful connection with the power of two me and someone else me and the outcome of the machine I'm working with, you know, what is it? So the amount of energy that I have energy equals meaningful connection to the power of two. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: So you and I have our work cut out for us, Joe, (laughs) they need really, they need to hear from you. They need to hear from me Mm -hmm. because it's, it's, it is a matter of rethinking a new to grow through mm-hmm. what we've been presented, which I think actually is a great opportunity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So what does that look like in terms of sort of practical steps and solutions for organisations and for individuals? I mean, I, like I say, I, I already don't agree that stopping Zoom calls on a Friday is going to have the magic results that they're expecting um, because I think it's all individual. You know, we talk about engaging our people by treating them individually and treating them as as they want to be treated, not as we think they want to be treated, but as they actually do want to be treated. What does that mean in terms of how we move forwards in organizations to develop resilience amongst our people and help people to do that themselves?
2: Okay, do you want me to look at this from a manager
1: standpoint or for the
2: individual or both?
1: Um, start with a manager, both will be good. I'm not sure how much time we'll have.
2: <laughs> okay. okay, so you can't give what you ain't got. Yeah. So first and foremost, manager, well, leaders lead well. So the first thing the manager I would recommend says, where is it that my energy is going? Mm -hmm. What depletes me? You know, where is it that I've been given stuff that's come from above? And if I think about it, you know, this doesn't, this really doesn't This doesn't make sense. What is it that I'm saying yes to? What is it that I'm saying no to? I think we all need to develop, and this is personal too, Mm -hmm. horse sense. Horse sense is the ability to say nay. (laughs) (laughs) Or whoa, as the case may be. And and, and, and For a manager, it's the willingness also to be transparent. Mm -hmm. This is how I'm feeling. I don't have all the answers here. We don't. There's no manager sitting there that has. I know exactly. I don't. But how can we do this together? Mm-hmm. What is it that we want as an outcome? My, my teammate, my stakeholders that are around me, what do we want as an outcome? How many ways might we be able to do this? So it is, it is being willing to be transparent, being willing to not have all the answers, and then to sit back and do one of the most difficult things we do as human beings it's to listen. And it's not listening for what's my snappy dappy response.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's
2: listening to understand. Mm-hmm. And then for the individual, it's saying, okay, what are the things that I say yes to that I don't need to? One of the, you know, one of the, the critical resiliency skill is adaptability. Adaptability is being able to find multiple ways to solve a situation. Uh, I might not like all the ways. But the, the more opportunity I have, well, maybe this, maybe this, maybe that, then I realize I'm not, I'm not stuck. And one of the things for all of us individuals, as well as whether you're in, in a management position or you're rank and file, doesn't matter, is this head of ours can either push us forward or it can be a black hole. Mm-hmm. And the way in which it's a black hole is where we, where we sit in this place of negativity. Oh, my God, look at this. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, never good. And the more we feed into that, and that's because we're not being adaptable. We only see one choice. Mm -hmm. This is where we need to talk to each other. Help me see some other ways around this that I didn't see. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like, Joe, when you and I started to have this. We couldn't just do it one way because technology wasn't assisting us. So you had to come up with what's another way that we can have this conversation. Mm-hmm. But you could have sat there and go, oh no, that's it. Never mind. Goodbye. Adios. Hasta luego. But you found another way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And how much do you think managers have to sort of be explicit with this stuff? I, I keep coming up against. I had a discussion with some colleagues last week and we were talking about this this thing about sort of overdoing things and perhaps burning out and so on. And I was saying, you know, I think managers need to set sort of the boundaries and the guidelines and, and, and be really clear about what they're expecting, because I think employees quite often make up their own assumptions about the expectation and it isn't necessarily what the manager wants them to do. They just think that's what the manager wants them to do.
2: Perfect. In fact, I believe that everybody needs to know how to negotiate an assignment. Mm -hmm. And to negotiate means, you know, that it's like a three-legged stool.
0: Mm -hmm. You've
2: got what has to be done, what time does it have to be done, and what are the resources. And resources could be money. It could be getting somebody else to help me, you know, whatever. Often one of those things is negotiable, but we never ask. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, in the course of my consulting career, I've had wonderful examples of, of people who have come to me who have overdone because they didn't ask the manager exactly what is it that you want so if the manager says i want it right away this this one client dropped everything she was doing Mm -hmm. put it all on the back burner she's never going to sleep in the next three days but she got it done in two days brought it into the manager put it down on on the guy's desk back when we could see each other Mm -hmm. and he looked up and said oh my gosh this is fabulous wow you did that fast why yes you asked for it Mm -hmm. right away well by right away i thought maybe if you had it by next week she never asked what right away meant and then he picked up this massive report but ignored the the excel spreadsheets the footnotes the name it went to the back page of the summary and read the summary second thing she never asked is exactly what do you want yeah so
1: and she never got that time in her life back.
2: <laughs> no, she didn't. Yeah, because we don't ask. We're afraid. Oh, 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 See, this is where I said it's going to take courage on our part. We're afraid mm-hmm. if I question, oh, I might lose my job. No. The way you question is that to be the most productive and valuable in doing this assignment for you, I have some questions.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: May I ask them? Now, notice, is, is the manager going to say, no, I don't want you to be productive and valuable? Of course not. But listen, so I phrased the question in the context to be the most productive and valuable in doing this report, this assignment from you, I need to ask some questions, may I? Mm, mm,
0: mm.
1: So we're just coming to the last couple of minutes of the show. What sort of um, tips have you got to, to leave our audience with about where we are now? So we're we're sort of hopefully we can see the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of the pandemic, things are starting to change. What should managers be thinking about? What should they be doing to make sure that we don't lose everything that we've learned, but also that we can, you know, develop from here rather than uh, not?
2: (laughs) You know, you said a wonderful sentence, I think, Michelle. You said, so we don't lose what we have learned was your sentence.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I think that's a great place to start. In fact, um, my my eSign, which is going to be coming out, uh, I guess, next week. I, I, the opening article is about what are our losses, our learnings, and our loves. Mm-hmm. There are things that we have learned in this that we don't want to miss. So, that would be one of my questions I would ask to all my stakeholders, you know, the people around me. What are, what are the lessons that we've learned in this? What are the things we want to keep? Mm-hmm. What are the things, if we can, we want to discard? Because mm-hmm. there are there are many, there are families now that are learning the value of a family dinner. Yeah. The value of putting the cell phone away, locking it in a closet, <laughs> and not taking it out again until whenever. Yeah. There are ways in which we learned, you know, this was when we started. Um, and we would have our meetings instead of just starting and wham, boom, 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 we say, you know, give me three words to describe how this past weekend was for you. Mm-hmm. And you do it around. Yeah. pick something out of your desk right now that is meaningful to you and why is it that so when we get to see each other as human beings so
1: lovely that's really helpful so um thank you so much for your time today Eileen it's been it's been great um tell people how they can get in touch with you and find out more about you
2: well as long as you can spell my name you can find me <laughs> to my knowledge, I am the only Eileen MacDar on the planet. My grandmother died. <laughs> it's the Irish spelling of Eileen: E-I-L-E-E-N MacDar, M-C-D-A-R-G. Like go, H like happy. You can find me on the on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter, uh, and also all of my books are listed on Amazon. And I'd love for your listeners to go out and if it makes sense to them to get burnout to breakthrough or the one before it, which was your resiliency GPS, mm-hmm. which stands for your growth potential
0: strategy.
1: Mm-hmm. Lovely. Thank you, Eileen. So um, it's been great, as I say, to, to uh, speak to you today. Let me just uh, let the listeners know what's happening next week. We've got Nigel Girling, who's a senior consultant at the Inspirational Development Group, and he's also on our TAG steering group and uh, has written a few articles for our newsletter recently. So he'll be uh, joining Joe next week. So thank you, Eileen. Thanks for joining me.
2: Thanks, Joe.
0: Engage for Success Radio. Raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.